Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, this is Jeffrey, executive producer of Unwell. This show is possible because of the support of our fans. And if you are enjoying the show, we hope you'll join us as a member at audaciousmachinecreative.com. For just $5 a month, members get all kinds of cool behind-the-scenes content like annotated scripts, deleted scenes, and full tracks for the original music in the show. You also get an ad-free feed, not only of Unwell, but all the fiction podcasts we make. You can find out more at audaciousmachinecreative.com. Again, join us at audaciousmachinecreative.com and help us bring you more great audio fiction. But the truth is that we don't know when a white dwarf disappears. If it disappears. It still hasn't happened yet that we can observe. Maybe it won't burn out until the rest of the universe does. Can you imagine that? Something so alive that it might never finish dying? Thanks for agreeing to accompany me tonight, Spencer. I know that sitting with me outside Town Hall isn't what you'd call a typical extra credit assignment. I would have accepted an essay... There's something I want you to remember about astronomy. Spencer, there's a lot about astronomy that's bullshit. I'm not talking about the science. Well, sure, some of it. But eventually the bullshit parts of the science get corrected when we learn more. I'm talking about the bullshit of being an astronomer. All the paperwork, the grant proposals, and the publisher parish. The politics, the some moldy piece of bread in a polyester suit taking his five minutes on C-SPAN to rant about why NASA should get its budget cut in half next year. That bullshit is what I mean. What I'm trying to tell you, Spencer, is don't get discouraged by that. Because the sky is still the sky. And you can always look at it from anywhere on the surface of the Earth doesn't care who watches it, or how they watch it, or how much funding they have, or what they interpret about what they see. That's what you hold on to when the bullshit feels like it's too much. Nobody can stop you from looking up. All that, that thing I just said, that's um, assuming you're going to keep going with this. Should probably have asked if you were a psych major or something. Mighty cold night to be outside, isn't it? 
Oh, I don't know. After the past few weeks, it's nice to have a little 40 degree heat. Wes? Wes, is that you? Hi, Rudy. Oh my gosh, Wes, it's you. I heard you were back, but hi. Can I give you a hug? I mean, is it even possible? But also, do I have your permission? May I give you a hug and can I give you a hug? <laughs> yes and yes. You're warm. Were you always warm? I don't know, Rudy. Was that a rude question? It's all right. There's a lot about this, about me being what I am, that's not clear to me either. I don't feel cold right now, but I also don't know if what I'm feeling is warmth, even if you feel it coming from me. Does that make sense? I suppose it has to. You're waiting for Chester. Yes. He and I need to talk. Then what's the crowbar for? Protection. From the wolves? Just in case. There were a few up by the observatory, but they seemed... Well, they did need me. Still, you never know with wolves. Why are you here? I've been taking walks after Dot goes to sleep, checking on the town, that sort of thing, in case there's anything I can do to help. I haven't seen any wolves here tonight. There were a few nights ago, but they must be somewhere else. They're different. I'm noticing that. Rudy? Are you all right? Me? I'm fine. Dot told me the two of you had a fight. I said a few things I regret. Dot said a few things I deserved. Do you want me to talk to her? That's not necessary. Thank you. I've been worried about you. So has Nora. You've seen Nora? She's been with us at Fenwood. That's a relief. I thought... I don't know what I thought. She's figuring herself out. Like I was. Which it sounds like you are, too. Work in progress. That's me. I heard you talking to Spencer. He was the one who worked at the Waffle House? He quit that job. Long hours, low pay. We know you've been staying at the observatory again. Nora thought you might be feeling a bit isolated. Me? No. I'm used to working solitary. Always have been. It was nice to have someone besides my own brain to bounce my thoughts off of, I admit. It's never been something I expected, though. Alone's not the same thing as lonely. You can tell her that. She can come see you. I'd like that. But it's entirely up to her. What did you mean by different? What? A moment ago, you said the wolves were different? Different than what? I don't believe they're... natural. They might be a bit more like Nora and I. That is, not exactly like Nora and I. But even Nora and I aren't exactly alike either. Ghosts? You think the wolves are ghosts? To be honest with you, it doesn't seem like Nora or I are ghosts either. Not in the way that people usually think about ghosts anyway. I don't understand, Wes. I keep thinking about this thing, this saying, you know, that I must have heard somewhere from a teacher or... It's... They said how nobody's dead until the last person who remembered them is gone. I've been wondering if that's what I am. That's... That can't be right. You're trying to tell me your memories? Whose? I'm not. I'm sorry, Wes, but that doesn't make sense. You were alive and you died and it's because it's here. Because it's Mount Absalom. The dominion of unquelled souls. So you came back? But I'm not me, Rudy. That's what I'm trying to tell you. There was Theodore Wesley and there's me and we aren't the same. Is there even anybody still alive in Mount Absalom who could remember you? What about Nora? What about Silas? What about Lily? What? What happened to Lily? I just saw her a few- She's fine. But something happened at Fenwood. There's a little girl. Amy. I met her. Well, I saw her. Amy? No, that's Lily. That's Lily when she was that age. She told me. We need to stop lying to each other. It's not helping anyone. There's a ghost of Lily? Not a ghost, Rudy. 
but and not really a memory either. More like an echo of a memory. An idea of us that kind of keeps happening. Like if you rang um, uh, like a church bell inside a canyon or... And that would mean... Wes, that would mean you don't come from anywhere beyond this life. I know. It would mean you're mostly made of what somebody else used to remember about you. I think that's right. And that means she, she can't... She wouldn't be able to answer. It wouldn't be real. It would just be what I... No. Oh, no. No, no, no. She? Never, never mind. Rudy, please talk to me. Does Nora know? We've talked about it. How did she take it? Like you'd expect. Like a scientist. Like the scientist she is. I don't think you or Abby would have taken it the same way. No, we probably wouldn't. Are you okay, Wes? With not being a ghost, I mean. It doesn't matter what I am. As long as I'm able to help. The lights just went out in Chester's office. Okay. Thank you for talking with me, Wes. I do appreciate it. You still seem upset. It's... It's personal. I'll tell you later. I'll talk to Dot. You don't have to do that for me. It's for me, Rudy. You should go. Please take care of yourself. And everyone else, too. I will. You... You, too. Chester! Hey! Rudy! Surprised to see you here. Burning the midnight oil, I see. The 9 p.m. oil, anyway. Nobody tells you how much paperwork occurs in a crisis. Twice as much when you start asking for help from Julian. And twice as slow when you have to keep emailing things to your boss for his signature. I'm surprised the mayor's not back yet. He assures me he will be. But I'm sure you've got the situation well in hand, Chet. Anyway, why are you out here? Are you waiting for me or just admiring the stars? Both. But mostly the first thing. We need to talk. You and me personally, or you and me as Delphic members? The second thing. I'm concerned about Hazel. But Is somebody there? Hello? What are you doing? It is funny you should ask that. There, that should do it. I was just about to shut everything down for the night, and all of a sudden I hear this weird little clicking sound coming from the labeler. Click, 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 click. I open it up, everything seems fine, give the gears a little oil, start it up again. Presto, the clicking's gone, but now there's a sort of... From conveyor number six, I fix that. Something sounds off about the fluid reservoir. Fix that. Long story short, here I am pounding a loose piece of sheet metal back in place on the CO2 exhaust, which finally ought to do it. Where am I? I'm sorry. I assumed you knew. Celeric Bottling Works. I'm Sophia. Wes. The Bottling Works. Of course. I've never seen it at night. Not much to look at. Although, from what I hear, in its heyday, we'd have shifts running all through the night and a large neon sign all green announcing to the whole world, here it is, the celery soda fountain. 
They took all that down a while back. Used too much power. Also, what with the dark sky ordinance... Oh, sure. My dad, he worked in a place like this one. A bottling plant? I certainly hope it wasn't any of our competitors. You have competitors? Good answer, my friend. Did your father ever take you inside where he worked? Once or twice. It was a long time ago. Why don't you come on in with me? I'm going to cross my fingers and run one more cycle. And if nothing else is creaking or clanking, then I can finally shut it down and go home for the night. What do you say? That sounds like fun. And it is. Rudy, this is not something we should be discussing, especially not in public like this. No? Then where? I'm talking to you outside of Town Hall because I know it's one place she doesn't think she has to watch. Because I'm here. Exactly. And all I am asking is that you hear me out. Don't act like you haven't been thinking it yourself. I can tell that you've been less than satisfied with Hazel's leadership. Less than satisfied, sure, but that's no reason to... How much less does it need to be? When Hazel makes decisions that I find questionable, then I have options to to adjust them. To undermine her. That's not the word I use. But that's what you do, isn't it? When it's necessary? Only when it's necessary. Hazel has been acting strangely, and you know it. More secretive. Like, if the rest of the Order knew what she was thinking, they'd never stand for it. I'm asking you to help me find out what that is. You're asking me for a, 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 a mutiny. What makes you think I could pull that off even if I wanted to? You're a Warren... You're Chester Warren. Everything happening in this town right now. The Order has all of these texts and speculations, but this is the first time this has ever happened. It's all untested hypothesis. If you're wrong, you have to adjust your thinking. You know how to do that. Hazel is locked in. You try to tell her that maybe she needs to see something differently and... Did you? Did you say that to Hazel? We're looking at this all wrong, Chester. You did, didn't you? Rudy... I have known people like her. Do you understand? People who acted like she is acting right now. People who were so sure that what they were doing was the only way. That only he knew how to lead us. He? Her. She. Hazel. I meant Hazel. She started to remind me of everything you made me read about Silas. Please do not tell me that you said that to her. Yeah, that was... Not one of my better moments. Here's what's going to happen now, Rudy. I'm going to go to Hazel and tell her that you have been under a lot of stress lately and being surrounded by wolves didn't make that any easier. I'm going to tell her that you were trying to be helpful and that you overstepped both your propriety and your authority, which you regret. I am not going to tell her that you attempted to enlist me into a conspiracy to overthrow her. The lore of the Delphic Order is not an untested hypothesis, Rudy. It is an article of faith. The Revelator committed his crimes as written. The people of Mount Absalom banished him as written. The deeper wells flowed and filled and dried up as written. 
we follow its reading as written even in the face of contradiction, or we do not in any way resemble an order. Is that clear? What is she planning, Chester? Do you even know? Don't do that. I know this trap. If I tell you I know something, then I confirm there's something to know. If I tell you I don't know something, you'll still assume there's something to know, just that I don't know it. Either way, you're going to keep poking and prodding instead of doing the thing you should be doing, which is trusting Hazel and I to have a handle on it. So Hazel did tell you. Leave it alone, Rudy. I'm going home now. My offer to have you stay with us still stands. No. Thank you. Have a good night, Chester. I'm going to sit out here for a bit and admire the stars. Good night, Rudy. Does it look familiar? Sorry? Like the plant you said your dad worked at? Oh, a little bit. You should come back when everyone's here. A factory's not its machinery, after all. It's the people running the machinery. Speaking of which, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies! Sounds good to me. Do you hear anything unusual? How would I... Right, how would you? Well... Let's just let the cycle run for a few minutes and make sure it's back in mint condition. Huh. Mint. I wonder if we ever tried that. You did. Sometime in the late 40s. What was that? Nothing. And that's the other trick you need to master, Spencer. That when you run into a wall, or the locked back door of a civic building, you should have the wherewithal to know when to admit defeat or when to break it open with a crowbar. Say, for example, if you've overheard that the town hall's security system hasn't been functioning for a few months and repairs haven't been a priority. That's what you call a gimme. Yes, double extra credit for this, Spencer. Thought that went without saying. Why? Oh, that's an exceptional question, Spencer. I want to be clear about something. I am not hostile to the concept of faith, but I have limits to how much I'm willing to accept on faith alone, which is why you and I are going to see if there's really a dried up well under town hall like everybody in the order seems to believe there is. Follow me. No, obviously there are tons of things you have to accept without being able to see them. I mean, it's not like we can get close enough to observe the properties of a gravitational singularity with our own two eyes. Here. But astrophysics is different, remember? All we have to do is hope the universe is consistent and that whatever we observe in our immediate proximity can be extrapolated far beyond anything we'll ever be able to see. And the reason we can have that faith, Spencer, is that there are no people involved. Yep, this sounds familiar. No, no, no. Did you hear something? Which machine? Not one of the machines. Wait, I hear it too. What is that? 
Well, shoots and ladders. I really thought I had fixed it this time. Wes, you mind? Let's walk around a bit, see if we can figure out where... That way? I heard it from that way. You go there, I'll go here. We'll meet up near the middle of Conveyor 3. Another... One of these... Mount Absalom... Look at that. You see that, Spencer? Full of water. So much for the well went dry. So much for all of these Delphic oral histories. Spencer, you can go. You pass. A plus. Go on. And I should stop talking to imaginary friends. All these mysteries, all these lies. I just wanted to talk with her! But she's not here. You're really not here, are you, Mom? I look so many places and I thought maybe... It's not you. It'll never be you. It can't be you. Here! You take this. Maybe you'll find some fucking use for it. Sophia, something's very wrong. Sounds like everything's going haywire for sure. Not the machines. Sophia, get out! What? Now! Right now! Okay, okay! Get over to me! Go ahead, I'm right behind you! But- Go! Sophia. Sophia, I'm fine. Sophia, it's West. I'm fine. But you were... you were behind me? Are you okay? You don't have a scratch on you. I'm... I'm not alive, Sophia. Now? Just now? Before. Oh. Oh my. I'm sorry for keeping that from you. I've... my aunt used to tell me about Mount Absalom's ghost. I never really thought I'd meet one. You saved me. Thank you. Thank you. What happened? Do you know what happened? I don't know. We need to... Yes. Yes. Um, sound the alarm. I'll... We both will. I'll come with you. You saved me. You're a ghost and you saved me. What's that? What's over there? Over... They're wolves! You see them? There are wolves over there! They're only watching us. It's all right. I'm here with you. Remember me? What's my name, Sophia? Wes. That's right. My name is Wes. I'm here. 
Let's go get help. This episode features Joshua K. Harris as Rudy, Michael Turrentine as Wes, Pat King as Chester, Tara Sheely as Sophia. Written by Bilal Dardai. Sound design by Alexander Danner. Directed by Jeffrey Nils Gardner. Music composed by Stephen Poon. Recording engineer, Mel Ruder. Unwell lead sound designer, Eli Hamada McElveen. Executive producers, Eleanor Hyde and Jeffrey Nils Gardner. By Heartlife NFP. And a special thank you to our supporting producers, Calico Davis, Steve Diamond, Adam Goodman, J.D. Horn, Nick Keenan, Carolyn Koskasten, Megan McLean, Alex Rivas, and Caitlin White. Heartlife wishes to acknowledge that the land where we live, work, and tell our stories is occupied land. Unwell takes place in southern Ohio, which is the territory of the Miami people. Unwell is produced in Chicago, Illinois, which is the territory of the Peoria, the Potawatomi, and the Miami peoples. The Fable and Folly Network where fiction producers flourish. This is I reporting. He's at the Lao Chang restaurant, Changchun, northeastern China. It's uh, spring 1997. Once it started, I'll leave him in Ming's hands. <laughs> That's a joke. Ming doesn't have hands. And what do you do exactly besides dance with strangers? I work for the postal service. <laughs> you, you're a, a postman. Weird, right? Miss Cloutier, what is it? It's just a bit strange. A letter for me from Hong Kong. And there's no stamp. I need stamps to write a dead person? Yep, there's a cost. How much? A pound. A pound of flesh. A pound of you. Seems like a lot. Lift up your shirt! What's that? Just pull this tube over your stomach. We all don't laugh. Ow! Yeah, this is gonna hurt. What? Nothing! The very worst thing that could possibly happen. Is that a police right back? If your letter can find me here, then I think we have a lot to talk about. Saludos, Raul. The very worst thing that could possibly happen. An audio drama in nine parts. Produced by Wolf of the Door Studios. Out now. For more information, please visit WLFDR.com.